Open up your Bibles, if you will, to Romans, the 10th chapter. We're going to pick up, uh, this is number 6. We've talked about faith that moves mountains. Now understand this, mountains can move. Are you with me? And God will move the mountain if we take the proper steps. But he just, we can't just say, Lord, move the mountain. He told us, you speak to the mountain, and then the mountain would obey you. You know? And um, I've heard this said, and it's a popular saying today, uh, you know, instead of, you know, the devil telling you how big, you know, the mountain is, Tell the mountain how big God is, which is a wrong, absolutely wrong statement. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Because sometimes a lot of catchy phrases are not even scriptural. So if a demon is your problem, you don't even have to tell him how big God is. Remember when Jesus came and he went in places and demons would cry out? What would they do? We know who you are. We know who you are. Your problem knows who, who God is. Your problem knows how big God is. Your problem knows God. Demons know God, the Bible said, and tremble. And they believe and tremble. Because think about it, God didn't tell us to tell a mountain how big God is. Because as soon as it got done hearing, it would be, oh, okay, I knew that. But it knows it has to move if you tell it to move. The devil knows it has to flee if you resist him. You have the right to do it. So if you say God's big, they're not going to argue with you. God's bigger than you, devil. The devil's not going to argue. I mean, he may throw lies out there, you know what I mean. But that will not make him leave. Hallelujah. Acting on the word appropriately will make him leave from you or certain situations. I'm glad everybody's excited this morning about these truths. But sometimes we've heard things like that. You just speak to you and then everybody speak into the mountain how big their God is. And that's not what God said to do. And it sounds really cool. Because then you can just say how big God is. But in the unseen realm, these things all know they've been defeated. That Jesus conquered them. And that these, all the things that we would face, are there's already authority that's been initiated over them. It just has to be enforced sometimes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So turn to Romans, the 10th chapter, and we're going to begin reading in the 17th verse. And we're talking about faith that moves mountains. So a mountain is not just, you know, the superstition mountains up here or Camelback Mountain or different mountains that are around us. It's a problem. It's something that would look like it can't move, but it's a problem and it can move. And Jesus said it would obey you. If uh, you wanted your dog to go or to come, would you say, you're such a good looking dog, you're so sweet, you're so wonderful. 
Would you do that? So why would we say, mountain, God's so big, you haven't told it to come or go? Hallelujah. That went over real well. But it may help you go, yeah, praise the Lord, God is big. God is strong. God is able to say certain things. Maybe you're saying it to yourself at the same time. And you are if you're saying it out loud. Everybody's okay. And uh, so, so faith that moves mountains, we want the mountains to move. You with me? So faith, and we've been looking at faith and how it comes and what it is and what to do. Uh, so Romans 10, 17, a verse we've read before, but we're going to start here and move on. This is how you get faith. This is important. This is necessary for all believers. Verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing. So, and I've said this before, faith comes. That means Faith is somewhere, and it will come to you or to whoever hears. And how does it come to me, or how does it come to you, or come to your heart, or come to my heart? Because really, Jesus said, when the word is preached, it goes into the person's heart. And faith is of the heart, the core. So when you hear words of faith, faith comes. Now think about it like this. Uh, years ago, I used to watch scary movies when I wasn't walking with the Lord all the time. Do you know that faith didn't come when I watched those? But you know what did come? Fear. Like it made me afraid of other things. There might be somebody right behind that car. It's dark in here. Anybody ever know, notice that? Oh, but they're so good, such good movies. And, 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 and then, but then people just watch them, and the Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's from outside, but then we, in, the world puts out tons of these movies to invite people to hear about fear and then begin to yield to fear. So God, so it must be just the design of a human that hearing has an effect. Good, bad, indifferent hearing affects humans and causes an effect. So notice this, verse 17, so then faith comes. So if something comes, then that means it has an origin point. And has a destination point. If something comes, it doesn't come from nowhere. You know, sometimes we say, where'd you come from? You turn around and you're like, whoa, where'd you come from? You know, anybody ever got caught off guard? Whoa, where'd you come from? Well, it doesn't mean like we don't know, like they just materialized right there. You never existed before. We would know you were somewhere before. We just don't know where you came from right then. But when he said faith comes from hearing or by hearing, then, then it's through hearing that faith is transferred. 
But notice it gives you the origin that where faith comes from there to where faith comes by hearing. So that means it gets in your ears and it comes to your ears when you hear, but notice the origin point. The destination is in your ear and in your heart. Because we know if you read the verses before, in verse 9 and 10 and other places, it said with the heart or with your core, way down inside, it's a choice to believe. It's a choice to believe. It's a choice to accept with the core of you, I accept what I'm hearing. It takes some humility sometimes. You with me? It takes some meekness sometimes to not argue. Right? Didn't the Bible say, receive the word with meekness? Meekness literally means it's somewhat similar to humble, but it's not exactly the same. It literally means one who doesn't argue and fight against the truth. So when the truth comes, don't argue, don't fight, be humble, lower yourself. And so he said, so then faith comes. So if faith is coming, faith is coming to people right now if I'm reading a scripture. So then that means it comes to you, then there should be a way you receive it. Humbly, reverently, oh, I've heard that before, or whatever. No, okay, these are your words, God. I'm accepting them. Faith comes and penetrates, you could say, and gets a good hold when we accept it appropriately. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word or from the Word of God. So the origin point is the Word of God. And people, you know, if, if we're in a spiritual battle, and there are physical battles, wouldn't, if you were in a physical battle with somebody and you were a general or something, and you had a strong army, and they had extended their reach to you, and they're coming against you, and you, but you went, you know what? I can affect all of them in such a way, I'll just cut off their supply chain. So what happened to Germany in World War II? You know, they outran their supply chain. I remember watching documentaries about uh, the Iraq War and how that we advanced so quick, they were trying to be careful of the supply chains. Well, your supply chain is the Word of God. So you guard your supply chain. Your time in the Word. Because, see, the enemy would want to rob you of that. Because I've even met people, well, I pray still every day. I know I'm not in church anymore. I mean, I've heard that over the years. Yeah, I don't go to church like I used to, but, you know, I still pray every day. But I could still fire bullets every day or do certain things like that, but I'm going to starve. You know what I mean? Eventually I'm going to run out of bullets. And so there are certain things that are necessary to have strong faith. 
or at least have your faith fed. So if the supply chain is destroyed, it doesn't, you know, you've already given up certain habits by not fellowshipping together, not reading the word, prayer is starting to diminish, not witnessing anymore. That's part of the battle. Being a witness, sharing, bringing, reaching people. We are coming close to the end. Jesus will return. And I mean, it's like, hey, it's like go time. It really is. It's a good time to be kind. It's a good time to be forgiving. But it's a good time to realize we are in a battle and know part of the big part of the battle is reaching people. But we want to keep our supply chain going. Why? Because we want to give, keep giving stuff to people. One of the main things of the supply chain is fellowship when we're able. But then also, faith comes, ammunition comes, God's power, because His gospel is His power, comes to you by hearing when you hear the Word of God. So nice, positive things are good and positive to hear. But, and, and I'm not against hearing positive things, but faith comes by the Word. And, and the supply chain might, might get attacked during these days. Oh, you still follow that book? That book? No, the book. The, the book. Not just that book, the book. Meaning if every other book gets burned up, his words will last forever. They just happen to be encapsulated or put in here, and God is big enough to protect the book. You with me? Anybody who would honestly search the scriptures, and but a lot of people don't, they're like, oh, you know that book, whatever. If you just look at the order of things that are playing out in this book or that book that was written a couple thousand years ago, that book is telling us things in great detail today that are not like it's going to be tough in the end days. Oh, there it is. Book's accurate. I mean, it's naming countries by name. It's naming uh, ways people would be living, uh, certain things that would be happening, and you just can go down the list, and it tells you stuff that's just so off the wall like, Israel will be dispersed. Then they'll come back into their land at the end of time. And then it tells you all these other things that would be happening when they come back. Then, they would, then Jerusalem would be trod underfoot until the time the Gentiles is fulfilled. So they came back in 47, 67, they are 48 or so. Then they won back Jerusalem. But just this year, this last year, it's now turned into their capital or the recognized capital. And then it says when all that's happening, pestilence, famine, homosexuality would become rampant. Like, you know, and I don't hate people. That's, but I'm just saying, the Bible said it would happen like that. And then people would be brutal. People, there would be wars. There would be rumors of wars. People would just start being mean to one another. They would be without self-control. Look at the world. 
there would be pestilence and famine. We're seeing countries devastated. There would be earthquakes and, all, and, and famine. Famine is happening south of the border down. If you're familiar with different mission organizations, you watch the videos, people are starting to starve now. Five eastern countries in Africa have been basically decimated this year by, uh, I almost said roaches, locusts. Somebody said, well, that could happen too. But they're destroying their crops. Now India is being affected. Well, with all the things being closed up and food not being able to leave, we know we have a bunch of our farmers that are just turning the ground and burying stuff because we can only eat so much, we're not exporting. And I mean, you start reading that Russia will come against Israel. Syria will be destroyed. Iran will come against them. Turkey will come against them. Libya will come against them. Two or three weeks ago, Turkey sent troops to assist Libya in their internal fight. Now Turkey's on both sides of them. Now they're in Syria. I mean, you just start looking and go, wait a minute, Russia's never been in the Middle East. And now, and they were not always allies. Now they're allies with all those names and they're in Syria too. And Iran's in Syria too. And the Bible said right before the end, Damascus will be laid waste and be a city no more until the Lord comes back and takes over the earth. And I mean, you just start going, and you go, that was written thousands of years ago, and you can go into way more detail. If you don't think we're near the end, you're an ostrich, and your head is in the sand. <laughs> or you are just absolutely uninformed. And the dangerous thing is, the majority of the world is uninformed. But a lot of people deep down know things can't keep going the way they are. We have a real opportunity. A real opportunity. And they're primed. And you watch uh, as we reach and tell people and bring people, God will move on people. And if people aren't sure why it's so important, just say something's different about that church. Just go. Because, you know, some people say, well, they're, uh, they're associated with McDonald's. I've already had a Happy Meal. Oh, no, there's gourmet food, too. Did you know there's gourmet burgers? I don't know about you, but I'd rather have Red Robin burger than Mac, Mr. Mac, Big Mac. Right? Two quarter pound, whatever, all beef patties, special sauce, pickles, lettuce, cheese, that, all that, and with a sesame seed bun. I've already, and that's how people can be. I've been to church, they've had an experience, but, you know, and I've said this to people, sometimes people, I, I say it like this, they have that dating mentality, they, that, that old boyfriend or old girlfriend mentality that, you know, they've dated one church, dated another church, and said all churches are this way. I tell them, don't have that kind of mentality. You haven't been to all churches. There are good guys. There are good girls out there. They may not be everywhere. There may not be lots of them, but they're there. Yeah, well, where are they? Well, we're talking about church, not dating. 
I need to start a dating website. Where are you? Or here I am, you know. But here's the thing. For the, like, where are the, where are the real ones then? But where are the real churches? They're out there. But they may not be like people used to say a dime a dozen. And so don't take it for granted that everybody knows something like this exists. And so sometimes you may have to argue with people. Well, in a good way. No, there is something different. I was listening, somebody told me this week there was a person here who had had, uh, I don't want to say because they might be watching, extremely serious illness from a human standpoint that is incurable. I might as well because nobody will know. They came they, and, and they, they kept hearing this person saying, you should go to this church, you should go to this church. And because they had AIDS and not because of them, it was a female, because of a bad situation, they came to the church. And I remember uh, thinking, why aren't they so happy? You know, they're here and they just didn't always look real happy. Well, a lot had happened. And I'm being real brief to be gracious. And uh, long story short, she started hearing about healing, hearing about healing. And uh, so I guess she had been talking to the Lord, going, Lord, I just don't see everything I need to see. One day she said, I see it. Healing is for me. And that night she was in a Sunday night service. And I said, I don't know, but God's doing something. Come up here. I'm going to pray for you. Ministered to her. Well, you remember. You were there. And I just... I. I didn't know Pastor Linda knew something about it. She never told me because I asked, don't tell me. Because you know how many times I hear people say, did you tell him? And I tell people, don't tell me. And so she was out on the ground just and God was working over and I said, wow, something's changing in her, changing in her body. I told her after, come to find out, she went back to the doctor. She's miraculously healed. She came because somebody kept pushing no, it's different. And she thought, well, if it's different and I keep hearing about it, I'm coming. Everything's just a, you know, not all macaroni and cheese is craft. <laughs> now that's a hard one to wrestle with because to me, that is pretty supreme. Anyway, let's, sorry. Don't, do not be offended by that statement. And don't bring a bunch of macaroni and cheese to tell me, try this one, try it. I'm telling you, craft is good. Anyway, some people are satisfied with Big Macs, but there are a lot of people out there looking for something different. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Is it important to hear a teacher, a preacher, that teaches the truth? Yes. It's vital. So obviously the origin has to do with what's taught and the types of things that are taught. Because guess what? That's what you get served. Besides what you eat at home. You know, in your own Bible reading time. But one thing is, is that when you hear stuff like this, it will trigger things in you and God will be able to take it even further. 
So we know that faith comes by hearing. What do you mean faith? Confidence, assurance of what God's way, what he, who He is. Understand this, a lot of the New Testament is written in the past tense. Like the Lord is paid for your healing already. God is paid for your deliverance already. Your deliverance is already secure. It's paid for. Somebody said if it's paid for, provision is already supplied before you need it. Christ died and paid for it already. So it's already paid for, but somebody said, but I don't have the reality. First, you need to know what the Word says. Because there are tons of realities unseen yet, but are real. And the first step is hearing, and we've talked about different things, but I'm going to talk a little bit different. Romans, the sixth chapter. So once we hear and we know a truth that He has delivered me from the power of the devil, do I beg God and say, hey God, I've got the devils around me, this stuff's around me, it's causing problems. You know, you can get free right now by hearing this and doing what I say. And it's not because me, it's I'm transferring God's words, I'm transferring faith by speaking so it's, le- it's going to leave, it's going to go, it's going to go into your ear. You can capture it and do this. Things will begin to change. And it'll work, it'll go right through the sound. As long as the sound is still playing online. This will work there too. Romans 6.17 A verse we read all the time. Six, okay, maybe we don't read this all the time. Somebody's like, I don't remember this one. <clears throat> so pay attention. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you were lost. A lost person. Don't know the Lord. Dominated by the world. Dominated by spiritual death. Dominated by disease. Dominated by the devil. You name it. Though you were slaves, subservient, yet you obeyed from the heart, or you could say it like this, you acted on the word from your heart. What, what, what did, how did you obey? What, what, what did you act on from the heart? That form of doctrine which you were delivered. In other words, when faith came, when the word was spoken, it was delivered. When you hear it, faith is delivered. You get your package. And he said, but he not only said, did the package of faith come and was delivered, he said this. And how did it, does it come? We know from hearing. He said, not only did you get the truth delivered, but you responded to it from the heart. You acted from the heart. So you could say it like this, they obeyed the gospel, they acted on the truth from their core. Instead of waiting to experience something, going that's what the gospel says, they acted on it from their heart. And what happened when they acted on it from their heart? 
verse 18 tells you they were slaves to sin. They were bound, but their action of obedience from the heart based on what they heard brought verse 18 into play. Having been set free from sin. How'd that happen? How'd that happen? I need to get set free from sin. You may already be set free. If you're born again, you're actually free. You just need to start acting from the heart. Not acting from reasoning, acting from the heart. When you act from the heart, you act out of confidence. And it's not an issue of, well, maybe I am or not. No, he said it. Here I go. I'm going to start acting like it's so. And when they acted from the heart, they were delivered. They did it in the face of still being bound. They heard the truth. They were slaves to sin. They didn't wait for everything to change, to act. They accepted the truth, started acting. And guess what? Like the, like the, the ladies with Jesus, He's buried, you know, or got a big stone there. They pack all their stuff up. You know, they got their stuff. They're going to wrap up His body and they're going to take care of it. What do they do? They go to the tomb and they, they didn't think, well, how are we going to roll the stone away? How they just started acting. And guess what? By the time they got there, the stone was moved. Notice this is a verse that we're used to reading. These people acted from the heart, but I kind of took up a bunch of my time in other things. So, Proverbs... The third chapter. So we want to act from the heart on the truth. In other words, we may not see a change just because we heard, but an action from the heart when we respond from the core, believing what He said is true, and start acting in line with it and acting like it's so, acting like He does supply my need, acting like He is my deliverer, acting like He's already bought healing paid for healing, and instead of waiting for something to happen, start acting from the heart. You want a mountain to move? I, hey, I want mountains to move. I don't want mountains to sit still if I ever come up against one. But if you'll go read in the Bible, actions in line with the truth precede victory. Victory is propelled by those actions of the heart. It's enforced. Proverbs 3.5, a, a familiar verse of Scripture, but it will really fit here. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. You could say act on the truth that you believe and don't be moved by reasonings. Don't allow yourself to be moved by what if what if it doesn't happen? We're talking about acting on God's Word. 
not a comic book. We're talking God's word. So we don't, so recognize if the thoughts come, I'm not leaning on those things. I'm just going to progress and keep going. What happened to the children of Israel? They said, well, there's giants in the land. But some of them said, yeah, but we're well able to do it because God gave us a word. And they said, oh, we can't. They were trust, they were leaning to their own understanding, false reasonings. And the next group didn't do that. And they went in and possessed the land. We can too. So we need to act on the word. I wrote a couple things down that I think will help you know why we should act. We're not acting on the word from the heart trying to get God to do something. Hear me. We're not trying to get Him to do something by acting, so to speak. And I'll explain this. We're acting from the heart because we know the Word says He has already done something. There's a big difference. I'm not acting in my, from the heart on the truth to try to make Him do something like, come on God, heal me now. Come on God, deliver me now. No, He already said, I have delivered you. Do you know it says that? Colossians, the first chapter, says giving thanks to the Father who already pre-qualified you to partake of His inheritance in the saints, who has delivered you out from under the control of the devil. Did you know you were out from the control of the devil already? But you got to act from the heart, in the face, knowing I'm delivered. And it goes true with every other truth that He's already provided. Healing's already been provided for. God's not trying to get out there and see if He wants to heal one. He's already paid for it for everybody. But some people aren't sure it's for them, so they don't always act from the heart. So you could literally act from the heart, the core, and go, wow, healing's already mine. Don't, reasonings will come, yeah, but wait a minute, you're, not, you're too old, you're too, well, you, you, you've messed up so much. Don't, no. You don't have enough faith. Don't let reasonings tell you what you do and don't have. So acting on the truth from the heart literally does this. It dispels the darkness and other things that would try to crowd or occupy the here and now. There are things that are trying to occupy the here and now that are not of God. And when you begin to act on the Word, you begin to displace those things. Didn't the children of Israel displace the people in the land they went to occupy? Yeah, the walls came down, then they displaced because the enemies were occupying what was already theirs. God said, I've already given you the land. He didn't say, I'm going to give it to you. He said, I've given it to you. So they had to act from the heart. And when they acted, finally did act from the heart, they started going toward the wall and the wall's still standing. They marched, did everything God said. And as they acted from the heart, the walls fell. Then they just said, whoa. No, then they said, let's go up. And we'll give them the boot now. They were acting from the heart. They displaced them 
through hard action. They were responding in line with God's Word. That's why you can displace out of things out of other people's lives when you witness to them. But you could do it in your own life, in other areas. Everybody okay? So it's actually acting from the heart, or actually our faith acted on according to what God did in the past, what He's paid for, and said, makes it come into the scene, and dis, in other words, where it becomes where we recognize it, and it displaces the things not of God's plan or not of God's design. So now you can start seeing this is how you do it if you're called to do something. You start following the step you know, and then you start displacing things, and you start occupying land. Didn't the Lord say, occupy till I come? So we're to go possess the land and then occupy the land and you occupy your land this same way. Everybody okay? So reasonings, whatever. Heart, faith, acted on, there we go. You start doing it, don't worry about the wind and stuff, walls will start falling and enemies will be displaced and things will begin to appear. We're going to close here in, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Uh, the, he, Hebrews 11. Hebrews. Not homebrews. Hebrews. Not shebrews. Hebrews 11. Just in case some of you fell asleep. What did he just say? Hebrews 11. A wonderful book. Well, the whole book is wonderful. But, you know, you just think of books and you think, wow, all the stuff that's in there. that The treasures that are in the different books and writings, how profound they are. Hebrews 11 Verse 1. Somebody said, I know this verse. Yeah, but now let's look at it from what we've been talking about today. And it may come into a different light. Or more light may come. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith. Faith. Now we know faith is of the heart. And when we're talking about faith, we're not just talking about having faith. We're talking about acting on what we believe. Acting like it's so because it is so. We're talking about these actions will displace all the other junk. Why? Because it's not you. It's the power of God's Word. And it'll work for little old you or little old me. Amen? It, it, it doesn't take any special whatever. It's the abilities in God's Word. And then He gave it for whosoever. So whosoever could be good, bad, short, tall, whatever. I was going to say pretty or ugly. Doesn't matter. Anywhere in between. Don't like to say things like that. Hebrews 11.1. 1. But you know what I mean. It works for anybody. Because how many people say, well, I'm just insignificant. Nobody loves me. 
Yeah, somebody does. You need to act from the heart. Start walking like, man, God does love me. And, and start acting from the heart. And dispel those lies that are occupying your space. Saying, nobody loves me. You have to act from your heart. Make those things get up and get out. Say something else is occupying this space. I've been delivered the truth and I'm acting on it and my days of feeling alone are done. Hebrews 11.1 1. So faith that's acted on from the heart is the, is the substance or produces the substance of things hoped for. The New English Bible reads like this. Faith acted on really faith is giving substance or you could say it like this materialization or realization or it's making it take up the space that was occupied by something else faith act upon it starts driving off things and replacing them with the things that are of God and what he said So if faith moves mountains, then I get faith and I start acting on it from the heart. This doesn't mean you have to be super intelligent. You just have to be simple. And act. And so if faith is giving substance, in other words, it's making it materialize, it's displacing things, Making things come into the here and now, like we said, when we act. So faith is the substance or produces the substance of the thing you dream about or the thing you would want or things hoped for. Things you see are true in the Word. And faith makes them materialize. And it says, now faith is the evidence of things not seen. Or it produces the evidence too. Now I understand it first gives you an inward evidence or inward confidence. It gives you an assurance. But when you act on this faith, it makes it come into the here and now. And then you get a whole book full of people who acted on faith and started acting from the heart and building an ark when there was no rain. Then the rain came. Long time later, but it came. Everybody else made fun of them, said, we're going to keep partying, we're going to keep doing our stuff. Noah's a picture of today. He said people will be eating, drinking, carrying on in all different ways. Sex outside of marriage. All kinds of immorality. Just going to be flying off the handle, doing whatever they want. And just be all this stuff. And he said, that's how it was before the flood came. And it said it'll be just like that before the Lord comes back. But you know, Noah's not the only one building an ark right now. All of us who are acting on the Word and every other church around the world where people are truly acting on the Word of God, we're building. And the rain's going to come. But this time, it's not going to be a deluge like water. It's going to be the Lord comes back and lifts us up and anybody else that didn't receive Him or receive the mark of the beast, it's over. That's why we want them to get on the boat. And God worked to get all those animals there. So know this, if we'll act, He'll help get some of those animals off the street. Say, anybody got any animals you know? Yeah, they're a beast. That's right. And they can become a new creation. 
And we, we can be the ones to say, there's a place built for you and God's doing a work. But things will materialize if we'll act on the Word of God. The problem is, is people think that there's never going to be any problems, and so when they're going to act, they're going to do it when there's not a problem. Like there's no coronavirus. But now that there's a coronavirus, you can still act from the heart. Knowing that by His stripes, you have been healed. It didn't say you're going to be. That means He already did something. So now if a virus comes, you can displace it and replace it and manifest the truth by acting from the heart. That doesn't mean we don't wear a mask. I'll tell Because now they're saying they're going to find people, not yet here. I'll, I'll wear a mask. That didn't bother me. I shake people's hands. People are like, oh my goodness, you know, at the store. Uh, hey, how's it going? Hey, and then I'm like, oh, sorry about that. You know, and I don't think. But at the same time, it, we don't need to be germ conscious. We need to be truth conscious. Now, that doesn't mean we don't honor people. That doesn't mean, I'll tell you what, I'm wearing one of them things. I'll tell you they're taking my rights. All right, John Wayne or Jill Wayne. Why don't you just relax and realize your faith will work? Mask or no mask. You could still preach the gospel through the mask. And now you can act like Gospel Bill instead of John Wayne, you know, and preach the gospel through that mask. But if we'll act from the heart, there's no coronavirus that will attach itself to you. And if it tried to attempt, don't cave. Act. Reasoning will say, well, you got it. That's all you can do about it. No, act. Act what? Act like the truth is so. What, 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 what do you mean? Act like it's so. Act like walls have to come down if I march to them by the truth. And then you can talk. Well, it has to because you already paid for it. Amen.